0: My name is Kevin DJ Garadia.
1: My name is Matt Twyman. I think you found me, right? Yeah, it's, um,
0: yeah, Matt was on Tinder and I was just swiping he around. He swiped right. Yeah, I swiped, swiped right. right. Yeah, and that was really, that's all <laughs> that happened. I'm Amanda Eakin and you're listening to To Hell and Back, a podcast about entrepreneurs in Austin, Texas. Before we get started, for the sake of transparency, Kevin Garadia is my partner in crime and co-host for this show. But today, I'm turning the mic on him and his business partner, Matt Twyman, to talk about their gym, Crux Climbing Center, which almost didn't open last May.
1: Uh, I'll just touch on kind of my motivation for doing this. Like, I had a 9-to-5 desk job for about a decade, and I look back at in that, like, it was great experience. I was doing well financially. I wouldn't say killing it, but, like, my vision in life has always been I want to attain comfort. And that's not like a, a, high, a high bar, I think for most people. And, and that got me there, but then what I realized I, I, I got the comfort, but I needed, to, I needed the time and I needed the control over my life. So I've totally missed the bar on time. <laughs> because time has not been given, uh, but that, that was what was really driving for me is what I was doing before it was like, yeah, I can learn it, I can figure it out, but it's not really what I want and this is this is just something that was like if there's anything that i can have a chance at you know jumping into and doing well it's it's something related to climbing
0: well i have kind of always grown up in a like a very entrepreneurial family growing up i've worked in the climbing gym since i was 15 years old and i kind of always had this vision of owning one and my dad is uh, i mean i don't know where to start with him <laughs> he is a he is a total rag he's a total rags to riches story and he will forever be uh, one of my greatest inspirations. So he <clears throat> grew up in uh, in India and he, uh, you know, actually, I don't even think he had the plan of starting his own business. I, I learn a little more every day about my dad. He kind of keeps it all tucked in. And I think that's where I get it from. But he actually moved to this country wanting to study music, which is Fucking hilarious when you meet the guy. So he (laughs) moved to this country to study music, but the process to get to America was it was not easy. He hitchhiked through places like Afghanistan and Pakistan. And I mean he was telling me about stories of like, you know, jumping into the the Trevi fountain to you know steal money so that he could pay. So he he did it. He he hitchhiked all the way to the United States, to New York. And when he made it to New York, he definitely had less than a thousand dollars in his pocket and the thing about entrepreneurship that's really funny with me and my dad is we view it in two different ways for him it was survival for me it was more a passion so for him when i when i look at his business it's he loves obviously he loves being an entrepreneur but the business he got into which is uh the petrochemicals business essentially trading petrochemicals It's not because he loved trading petrochemicals. It's what he knew. It's what his dad knew. And he he needed a job when he moved to the United States, and he was a hustler. He was the literal definition of a hustler, and he made it work. So, yeah, I think when I looked at his story, I thought that's what it's going to be like. And it's just different. It's different when you're fighting to, to live. You know, luckily, I didn't need to. I was taught how to make money at a very young age. And I kind of was able to go into this business with, you know, a little bit of a cushion. So I, I don't want to say I didn't fight for it, but it's much different when you really don't have a cushion. So, yeah, when starting a business, I, I kind of went off what he said. But I'll be the first to admit I got a little bit cocky throughout the process. I, I knew we were starting a climbing gym at the right time, and I thought that's all it took. I thought, hey, if you build it, they will come. And that f- statement couldn't be more false, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought being an entrepreneur was going to be easy. I really did. I thought, okay, I'll put some money into this and we'll surround ourselves with the right people and what could go wrong? Well, everything went wrong. (laughs) Every literal thing that could go wrong went wrong. So I I definitely thought it was going to be a much easier ride for me.
1: Yeah, we've gone to hell and back already. Uh, (laughs) This job has become kind of... uh, second relationship. And it's, yeah, uh, put us into some tight and hard spots. <laughs> Seriously taking time away from uh, what was otherwise a relatively calm and steady kind of relationship to being something that was uh, really stressed and stretched thin. Because uh, that, was, that was the real challenge is I was listening to everybody else but myself, you know, pulling 80 to 100 hour weeks that effort was taking a serious toll on Aaron, my wife, and I was totally oblivious to it. The conversation went like this. Uh, Aaron came over to tell me a lot of things, and I sat there and said nothing and It was a feeling of like uh, i don 't know what to do here i 've got i 've got one thing that i 've started that i can 't stop but i 've got something else that 's been started for years that I also can 't stop." Uh, feeling of like I got no answer here I don't know what to do I've got people who actually depend on me I've got customers that have expectations I've got all this stuff that has to happen but I've also got somebody I love that needs to be tended to so that was by far the lowest
0: so like uh, the 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 big one that I think about is I think it was two or three days prior to opening and I remember (laughs) I remember just walking into the yoga room and just everyone just no one would look at me I think, I don't know if Matt was laying on the floor, I don't know what was going on, but uh, no one would look at me, and we were, at this point, we thought we were, you know, in the clear, we were psyched, we were going to open this gym, we had, you know, people flying in from out of town, we were ready to go, and at that point, you know, we got the the bomb dropped on us, which was, the fire marshal cannot come out, and I internally, first it kind of, it was like flight or fight, I was like, okay, let's figure this shit out, we're going to do this, I go down to the I go down to the city with Eric, our, you know, our general contractor, and we uh, we walk up to the fire marshal's window. He literally just opens the window, looks at me, and closes the fucking window on me. And <laughs> I, at that point, I think I think Zane and Eric had just made it very clear that this was not happening, like your efforts are futile. And I was, I, I kind of lost it. I went home and <laughs> I, this is like where the whole blog post came from, but I just, I literally just turned off the lights <laughs> and just played Bon Iver on repeat and I was like oh shit like I I was thinking about this I was like what are like do we have to draft a statement what do we have to do how do we tell people that we're not opening do we just fucking open and then run the chance of a fire marshal I mean it was painful it was a really uh, it was a feeling that I could never imagine and I can't imagine we pulled it off. That was a total hammer. Mary. So that was, that was crazy, but also awesome to, to see how that whole thing Honestly, played out.
1: That was amazing. That was like giving birth. When the doctor just told you that th- the umbilical cord is around the baby's neck and it's strangling. And you have literally 30 <laughs> seconds to push this thing out or else it's going <laughs> to... <laughs> it was amazing. It was, I mean, really it was. like Everything came together for us. Um, we had several Hail Marys and we had a team that came together and assembled over the course of 24 hours. Uh, I mean, some people we got in bed with and I don't mean employees, I mean contractors.
0: We were honestly supposed to open a gym on the East side and that we were going in to sign Is that right? We were going in to sign the lease. Yeah. We were going in to sign the lease. And you know the old adage, is, like the old the phrase is, you know, it's the deal's not done till the ink is dried. Well, shit, we didn't even get to put <laughs> ink on the paper. We had a lease printed out, and we had to, you know, essentially replant everything all over. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a kind of a mind fuck when when someone like that has control over your entire life. I mean, we're talking about this guy like threatening fistfights in the middle of a parking lot. You know, this is the guy that's... <laughs> or bis- actual <laughs> fistfights, or in actual fistfights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I- that's pretty wild because I think both Matt and I rely on. Um, on people being just trustworthy yeah, yeah. but that kind of goes all out the w- that's Word one thing that lot. we learn yeah things things go out the window for sure
1: yeah yeah in hindsight i think had those obstacles been removed the pressure would have been just i don't even know how to put a quantity to how different that would i think been. our business
0: actually probably would have failed
1: <laughs> to be honest <laughs> no. we would, we'd probably
0: be so <laughs> complacent we'd probably be like well we never really went through much
1: uh, there was not a day we were not fighting yeah for this dream to happen just not a a single day it was it was i don't even know how many how long it was
0: it was yeah i think i met you in 2013 i will i will say and i and this isn't me putting like other gyms on notice because i'm sure everyone's gone through their fair share of shit but for us to open a gym under those circumstances especially that being our first gym i will say we feel much more confident going into two three four five it was uh we went through we went through hell to me that was what
1: hell looks like for an entrepreneur and like I said, yeah, I I'm, really can't see it. I mean, there's always worse. I'm
0: sure there's always worse, but yeah, but, uh, not, I fa- much. <laughs> not much worse than <laughs> that. So this, much. I'm just putting all the other gyms on notice. If you want to go toe to toe with us, <laughs> yeah. we've been through it. So we're ready. Yeah.
1: You know, when it comes to a business, I mean, I, I would never have guessed, uh, even five, ten years ago, that, like, I would have been owning, running, whatever business. Like, that's just not the direction I thought at all I would have been heading. My head re- was in the clouds, wanting to do physics, wanting to understand the, the, you know, intricate details of the universe, answering all the possible questions I could. And that's still there, but I, I now believe that that's just more a part of my nature, not necessarily, like, my life path, let's say. Um, but... Uh, I think what I keep going back to is trying to trying to find a way, a means, some kind of method of of doing good in the world and I think I a lot of times get confused as to like what that means and and how to do that uh, and i 'm not one to necessarily go to charities directly or to serve time specifically, uh, but it 's more of like it 's the small little things you notice kind of here and there, like, oh, that little snail is about to get crushed. I'm going to move him out of the way of that car, you know, like small little things uh, that I care about. And, and I'm now in a position to, to be able to do a little bit more than I could before, and, that, and that's awesome. Yeah,
0: we live in a, a – it's, it's a crazy time right now, and hopefully Crux can at least be just a very, very small part in, you know, making people's days better. Right, but I know it's a tough time for people out there. So
1: Yeah, I think we have a, a pretty wide perspective on what it means – to have a climbing gym. We care about trying to take a stand for things that we feel are right. So we support women's rights. We support Planned Parenthood. Uh, We support trying to take care of nature and the environment and making environmentally conscious decisions. We care about giving opportunities to people in lower SES. Care about people that have been in shelters and making sure we give affordable opportunities.
0: I think what made people come to the gym was the fact that we listen. But like, yeah, there's these events that we have, you know, the Planned Parenthood, the Standing Rock. If we had just... Yeah, even, climathons. Even whatever. climathons or comps or anything like that. If you just look at a regular gym model, had we not had any of those events, um, we probably would have made more money just not having an event. There's no money spent. Money's coming in the door. But I think we really, really believe in, in giving the people something to do outside of their own work and... Uh, yeah, having some of these events, like the Stand with Standing Rock, the cl- I mean competitions we have, the Planned Parenthood event, those are all events that we truly believed in, and I think when you really believe in it, people sense that.
1: Yeah, Promised Land, I think, is ahead. Uh, I was walking through the gym alone the other night, and all the lights were off, and it was like these shadows were being cast, and we're having a staff party out across the way, fire pit, and all this stuff, and I knew everyone was over there having a good time. We had done a great job of like setting it up for a friend that was leaving. And uh, it was just like, holy shit, I just like snapped into this like, I'm right here right now and this is awesome. And uh, yeah, just kind of the realization of like, oh my God, I can't believe how many people have walked through this door now, how many people love it, how many um, friends that I have all around. Um, It's amazing, it really is. There, there are days that I, I can't capture how happy I feel, and I don't even know how to share it with people. It's just kind of tucked away in my back pocket. It's like, yeah, that was, that was really nice. So uh, lots to learn and lots to figure out, but um, yeah, I'd say I'm probably out of hell. I'm out of hell. It's, <clears throat> it's, uh, there's always something to learn, but I'm pretty confident the hard part is, God, I need something to knock on, dude. I think the hard part's over i think that i think the heavy lifting is the 100 pounders are over it's now maybe like 50 pound weights or whatever i'm weak sauce I, yeah i, I don't <laughs> feel above the, the bar is already heavy for me. we have some pretty heavy weights at crux <laughs> we some very heavy weights low standards for my for my weightlifting. i feel pretty pretty do you have a quote that. Do you I, have a quote I don't, you, I, you know, I'm one of those guys, I can't remember shit, dude, my <laughs> God, my brain is atrophied in the region where it's remembering words sure. <laughs> for whatever, it's like, it's, it's, it's all a giant TV screen in my head, yeah. I can see, <laughs> no, quotes, I can't do it, can't y- do you it. don't have a quote you live by, I, w- I wish I did, man, Yeah, no, doing to others as you would like to, sure, that, have no, that's a great one, I, guess. I think that's, that's a perfect it. one, um, yeah, that's probably about it, that's a good one, Yep. This one has been
0: a really interesting one. It's called uh, Mark Andreessen. He's a partner in a venture capital firm, um, and his quote is uh, "strong views but loosely held." And I think that is like the total quote for crux in general. Matt and I, I think, are, we're really good at having strong views about the way we think things should go, but we also have a really strong supporting cast that can, you know, refute what we're trying to say as well. And I think that's important too. I think both of us. I mean, of course, we. And I think naturally we all have egos, but I think Matt and I, what we're really good at is having strong convictions and things, but we can always be proved wrong. And when we're proved wrong, we adapt. I don't think either of us have ever had a moment where we just f- panicked and freaked out and we're like, we can't do this. We've always kind of been like, this sucks. Okay, but what are we going to do? Let's move on. So yeah, strong views loosely held is a big one that I carry with me. I think uh, as humans, uh, if you want to do anything successful, you should have strong convictions in what you do, but if better data comes out, um, you should be able to adapt to that. Hey guys this is kevin thank you so much for listening to our first episode of the to hell and back podcast next week we've got a really awesome guest my good friend kevin jorgensen coming down from san francisco to tell us all about his amazing stories on the dawn wall and life after so stay tuned and thank you once again for listening